At some point, you just simply have to hope that a lesson learned is a lesson learned. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can become a Locked on Saints insider today by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social Media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the Media Saints News Network, Tuesdays on the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. In today's episode of Locked on Saints, brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Check them out today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, do the New Orleans Saints have a discipline? issue. More and more issues arising. Is this something we should be concerned about? I'll tell you why or why not. We're also going to take a look at what you can learn from the Saints' success in their hurry-up offense, but why you shouldn't put too much stock into it until you see it in practice. And as we get started, I want to take a look at the story around Chris Olave. Arrested Monday night for a reckless speeding charge. I believe he was going 70 miles an hour in a 35 mile per hour zone. Was in jail in Kenner until about 11 11.30 p.m. last night. Um, what does that mean for the young receiver and what does that mean for potential NFL discipline as well? And what you hope here is that the arrest is enough. And I mean that from two different angles. The arrest is enough in terms of that it, it's simply a lesson learned for Chris Olave that y- you can't be out there doing that. Like, I understand if it was, not even I understand, like, let's be real here, right? Like, reckless driving, speeding, anything like that, that's putting somebody potentially at risk. It's stupid. It's 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 careless. It's, it's something that you can't do, right? So learn that lesson. Don't do it. Understand that you are somebody that's in that public spotlight, and anything that happens with you is going to end up being broadcast to the entire world, just like what happened with this arrest. And it's something that you don't want to have attached to your name. Like when Chris got here, one of the first things that I covered him doing was meeting with city council members talking about how to better influence and give opportunities to kids here in the city. He wants to be that kind of a role model. These are the types of things that can get in the way. Now, there's two ways to look at this, right? Reckless reckless driving, it's careless, it's, it's all these other things. And some people are going to say, it's just a speeding ticket. I speed all the time. Who cares? But there's a difference. There's a difference difference between when I speed as somebody that no one knows who I am on the face of planet Earth versus when Chris Olave speeds or puts people potentially at risk or even himself at risk as well. Like this is the other level to it in terms of how that's viewed by the greater public and how that potentially gets in his way if there's things that he wants to do on the positive side. And this is just a small thing in comparison to some of the things that we've seen around the NFL, right? And all that, I understand. 
understand that, but this is one of those things that hopefully you learn this lesson before you have to learn the much harder lesson or the much harsher lesson. That's what you kind of want to avoid here. So my hope is that the arrest is enough that this situation for Chris Olave is like, okay, no more of that. I'm good. I'm done. Not worried about any of that anymore. His brother took to Twitter and said that he was just rushing home from CVS that it wasn't a big deal. That's a good thing. That's a good element to this, that it wasn't that, you know, there's no there's no, you know, substance involved in this or, or anything. He didn't, you know, he cooperated. Like he did everything that he was supposed to do after the fact, right? Except for the going 70 and a 35. And look, going 70 and a 35 is not the worst that we have seen when it comes to reckless driving across the NFL. So if you're wondering about potential NFL discipline in this case, and that's what I'm specifically referring to when I say that we've seen worse, um, it, it doesn't seem likely that Chris Olave is going to receive any type of discipline from the NFL. Let's just look at a couple of examples here in recent years. Wide receiver of the Minnesota Vikings, who had a huge night on Monday Night Football just last night, was arrested earlier this year, Jordan Addison, for going 140 in a 55. He has received no discipline uh, up to this point for that earlier offseason uh, citation. That one was not an arrest, actually. That one was a citation, so just something to know there. But there was also an arrest for criminal speeding, reckless driving. This came with uh, Marquise Brown, the uh, Arizona Cardinal, former Baltimore Raven, going 126 in a 65 zone. Now here in New Orleans, here in Louisiana, reckless driving is defined as going 25 miles over the speed limit. So Chris Olave was going 35 miles over the speed limit. I don't know what the, the threshold is in Arizona, but he basically doubled the speed going 126 in a 65. Also, no dis discipline coming from the NFL. And that was a 2022 arrest. So now you have a precedent set by the NFL that arrests for reckless speeding or reckless driving, reckless speeding, criminal speeding um, have not received discipline typically in the NFL and citations for reckless driving, reckless speeding, criminal speeding have also not received discipline from the NFL. So my expectation here is that Chris Olave will receive no discipline from the NFL. That doesn't mean that that will be the case. And I know that a lot of people say, well, he's a New Orleans Saint, so clearly something is going to happen with him. But based on last, based on earlier this season, Alvin Kamara getting only a three-game suspension for everything that happened in Vegas, the Saints kind of got off on the right side of that one. And so I look at that as maybe like a little bit of a debunk for the idea that, hey, just because he's a New Orleans Saint, he's going to get, you know, a three-game suspension or something like that. But certainly we'll see. The NFL has surprised before. They're remarkably inconsistent in these types of things and still haven't found a way to get domestic violence cases right. So if they can't get that right, who knows when it comes to the nuance of speeding. So, uh, so we'll see exactly how it is that the NFL uh, manages this one and deals with this one. But in both cases of Jordan Addison and Marquise Brown, they were given, uh, susp uh, not suspensions, excuse me, fines by the state, um, but then nothing from the NFL. I think this is one that the NFL keeps its grubby little nose out of in terms of it's a speeding case, effectively. It's a reckless driving case. Nobody, you know, there was no injury. There was no substance abuse. There was nothing like that or further altercation that came from the arrest or anything like that. This is something that the NFL should keep its nose out of, but we'll see how they go about it. Um, this is the fourth player for the New Orleans Saints to be suspended this season. And it's already starting to pop up with some, is this an undisciplined team? Um, question marks all over social media, things like that. We're going to discuss that in, in a little bit. I'm going to tell you why it's not, because simply 
timeline kind of answers that question pretty simply. Before we get to that, though, let's talk some football. Um, and I want to look at how what the New Orleans Saints learned from their hurry-up approach against the Jacksonville Jaguars for the last quarter and a half on offense and how it could potentially transition to their every-down offense. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you talk to the qualified candidates you want to talk to and hire fast and for free. It can always feel like a high stakes wager when you're out there trying to find new staff for your uh, small business potentially, especially when you're trying to find people that are a right fit culturally, but also have the requisite experience to do the job, all of those things. LinkedIn Jobs makes that even easier by providing you with a bunch of helpful tools, including screening questions, so you can make sure that they have that requisite experience and that they are of the personality that you want to make sure that you're introducing to the culture of your organization so that you can identify the folks that you want to interview and bring them in before even like as they're submitting their application makes it so much easier for you. It's one of the reasons why small businesses have voted LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading candidates. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Locked on Saints also brought to you our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy football. None of this having to worry about daily daily fantasy sports. They don't just have the NFL. They've got NBA. They've got MLB. They've got NHL. They've got hockey. They've got golf. There's so much for you to go and check out. I highly recommend that you check them out today. And it's super transparent too. It's you versus the projections that Prize Picks sets. So if you think that Derek Carr is going to throw for more than 230 and a half passing yards, for instance. You choose more or less, and then that's it. You do that for two to six players. You get them right. You can win up to 25 times your entry back. So go and check them out today. It's an easy way to turn $25 into $250. So let me help you out. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Enter promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL as well for a first deposit match up to $100. It's a first deposit match up to $100. As a new user, head over to prizepicks.com com/slash/locked-in-NFL promo code locked on NFL. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Big thank you to all the everydayers out there making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. So here we are on a Tuesday where we go into some of our All 22 notes. Uh, from this game, and I wanted to focus on for the New Orleans Saints coming out of the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Is there anything that they could take from that last quarter and a half in which they went hurry up, ran far more efficiently in the game? And can they translate or transfer some of that to their every down play? And there are some things to transfer from it aside from this like wild idea that I think a lot of people have of like, well, why don't they just play up tempo the entire game? Well, you can't ask NFL players to do that. They're not conditioned to do that. It's not going to go well. Just wait until the fourth quarter. Just wait until the fourth quarter when the offense is just beat at that point. Maybe even the second quarter when the offense is just uh, fatigued at that point. So you definitely don't want to go that route. But are there things that you can take from the hurry up approach that end up impacting you if you were to transfer some of that to your standard drive tempo? Now, what we know is that the New Orleans Saints drive the football pretty well. They've strung together some long drives. The issue is that they can't score. And even in the hurry-up situations, 
the same thing happened. They drove downfield, but then they had to run several plays at the goal line, including bringing Colin Saunders in as their fullback for several plays before they were able to punch it into the end zone. Now, of course, that's not 100% the case. We did see them score on a you know couple of plays where they went like three plays in a row, blah, 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 all these other things. So there's some ways and some things that you could take away from here, but don't forget that this doesn't fully mitigate the issue, which is that the Saints can't score in the red zone. That has to be fixed, and an up-tempo isn't necessarily something that's going to fix that for you right away. But are there some things that you can take from those up-tempo offense or that up-tempo offense and apply to your, your standard offense? Absolutely. One of the things that you look at is the middle of field attack, okay? During that, um, during that hurry up situation or during those hurry up situations, what you saw were the New Orleans Saints force a defense into a particular coverage. And then once they were in that coverage, the defense was kind of stuck in that coverage. And that's the advantage to hurry up is that whatever coverage they're in, at the very beginning, right, that first play of that hurry up sequence, they're kind of stuck in that coverage for the rest of the sequence or for the rest of the drive or until, you know, you substitute and which would then stop your hurry up. Because once you substitute, the defense gets the opportunity to substitute as well. So if you get a defense caught in a, you know, four down lineman, three linebacker, four defensive back look, like a standard base look ready against a, a run play and they're playing a, a cover two, uh, cover two man, for instance, you're going to get cover two man in a 4-3 base set for the rest of that drive unless you substitute. Once you substitute and the defense gets bought time, they can substitute and they can get a new uh, new play in. So that's one of the things that you look at for, for New Orleans. It's that That's one of the things that you like. You can't replicate that, though. So what you can replicate, though, is that when you do get the opportunity to attack the middle of the field, take the opportunity to attack the middle of the field instead of consistently going downfield to the perimeter. This is one of the things that has shot the New Orleans Saints in the foot all season is that they are so married to the perimeter. And some of this is on Pete Carmichael, play design, play call. Some of it is on Derek Carr for just taking bad choices down the left and right sidelines as opposed to attacking the middle of the field. Now, Derek Carr's throw chart in this game had a couple of deep shots, but it was very much condensed to these short intermediate areas and did attack the middle of the field. But a lot of that middle of the field attack came in those hurry up offense opportunities. So you have to find a way to get that more involved in your offense moving forward. And one of the ways that they could potentially do this is by getting Juwan Johnson back. And Dennis Allen told us on Monday that they expect to have him back in practice this week. That'll probably start limited earlier in the week, but they expect him to build his way back up. So if he's back out on the field for New Orleans, then that's huge in terms of being able to attack the middle of the field with your offense, assuming that the Saints start utilizing their tight ends the way that they should be utilizing their tight ends in the passing game, which we have seen more and more of. Taysom Hill getting more and more involved in the passing game. Foster Moreau getting more and more uh, involved in the passing game. I don't know why Jimmy Graham's not getting involved more and more in the passing game, especially in the red zone. Seems like a bad choice, pretty simply, but that's just what it is. Uh, so ideally, Juwan Johnson, once he makes his return, right back and is involved as a pass catcher in this offense. The other thing that I think that it teaches you is that maybe it's worth looking at going with fewer personnel groupings and not changing so many things on a down-by-down -down basis if you're the New Orleans Saints offense. And this has been something that has been going on since Peyton. But as I've been mentioning for about a year and a half now, trying to run the Sean Payton offense without Sean Payton has gotten the New Orleans Saints nowhere, and it very is, it's very unlikely to get them anywhere. And so if you get the opportunity to simplify something, I think one of the things that you look at simplifying is simplifying the amount of different personnel groupings that you use. Go towards a little bit more of a San Francisco 49ers, Los, uh, Los Angeles Rams type of offense to where you're sticking with 
primarily a couple of, at most a handful of different personnel groupings and keep your stars on the field. Keep your playmakers on the field. Just like you're forcing the defense to not change in those hurry up situations, you're agreeing to not change your offense in those situations. And you're keeping your best players out on the field over and over again, down in and down out. And it becomes very hard in that case to predict what's happening. The Saints have three major tells on their offense. When Jimmy Graham is in the is in the game in the red zone, it's probably a run play and they're probably running away from Jimmy Graham. When Keith Kirkwood is on the field, they're probably uh, going to a running back, whether as a runner or in a screen situation. When Lynn Bowden is on the field, they're running the ball some 60 plus percent of the time as well. Get that fixed. You have so many tells. You have so many dead giveaways in your offense that maybe simplifying your personnel packages creates a little bit more of a disguise than the idea of shuffling around your um, shuffling around your personnel all the time. And maybe that ends up getting some of these players back on the same page when there's not so many things to have to track in terms of what personnel grouping is in, what your responsibility is, what your responsibility is on that same play in this personnel grouping versus this same play on a different personnel grouping. You can get rid of some of that by simply sticking with at most a handful of personnel groupings that you're comfortable with barring injury. So I would put that in there. The other thing that I'll mention that's not necessarily completely tied to the hurry up offense, but but impacted the hurry up offense in this game is that a part of keeping your best players on the field is that you had uh, Kendra Miller, who was dealing with a shoulder injury before the game, and then Jamal Williams, who was on a pitch count in this game as well, in his first game off of injured reserve, not unusual. So you saw a lot of Alvin Kamara touches, a lot of Alvin Kamara on the field. Does getting to swap up the running backs in the backfield a little bit as a part of the the slim down personnel grouping sets that you set, does that end up having a big impact for you moving forward as well? So those are some things that I think you can take away from that hurry up approach and still apply to your standard tempo to help you finally win some games, drive the football and ideally score. But the biggest issue for this team is still they're coming up short in the red zone and hurry up or standard tempo, that's what they've got to get figured out. Neither of those things are going to have a big time impact on their red zone. They just got to get it right and get it tight over in that area. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at discipline issues. Should you be concerned uh, now that four players have been suspended so far this season and you've seen some outbursts on the field, are there discipline concerns you should be worried about? We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by friends at Game Time. Game Time is the one and only place that I'll go to purchase some tickets for all my favorite events, not just sports, but they've also got theater events. And you know me, I'm a big theater guy. I used to work in the field. Uh, you've got uh, different uh, different types of events as well, comedy shows. There's so much to check out over at Game Time. So go and check them out today. And look, they offer you everything. They've got flash sales. They've got deals all the way up to the day of the game. And of course, they have their game time guarantee. If you go to a different spot and find a ticket in the same row in same section, then game time will credit you with 110% of the difference. How cool is that? Download the game time app today and take all of the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Create an account, use the promo code locked on NFL for $20 off of your first order. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NFL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Look at discipline concerns around the New Orleans Saints. Now, I misspoke earlier. I said that there have been four suspensions so far this season. That's not true. There have been three suspensions so far this season. If Chris Olave were to be suspended, it would be a fourth suspension for the team. But that's not likely, right? As we broke down earlier, we haven't really seen a precedent from the NFL of suspending players for reckless driving, criminal speeding, reckless speeding, whichever, you know, whatever the language is in the in, in, in different states and all those other things. But this would effectively be like the fourth kind of notable law-related thing that has happened for the Saints so far this season. Alvin Kamara's suspension earlier on in the season. Uh, uh, Marcus May's suspension earlier on this season. Uh, uh, Jake Hayner's six-game suspension due to PED violation or, or violation of the PED policy. And then now this Chris Olave arrest. Um, is there, should you be concerned about discipline? And I've seen a lot of, of, of comments about that. A lot of people criticizing Dennis Allen saying, well, Dennis Allen has a very un, un, undisciplined team. And, and I'm here to debunk that a little bit. We, we have to remember that the Alvin Kamara situation stems all the way back from like over a year and a half ago. That, that incident took place a long time ago. That incident took place in the Pro Bowl, in the off season between Sean Payton and Dennis Allen, that's got nothing to do with, with Dennis Allen. Marcus May's suspension goes back even further than that in terms of the DUI arrest um, it, when he was still a New York Jet. Has nothing to do with when he was a New Orleans Saint. It just took that long for the criminal process or for the, the court process, the legal process, excuse me, to pan out. And then the NFL took a little bit of time to get their discipline in, and then that was it. So those two things don't even apply to this regime of the New Orleans Saints. Don't even apply to the New Orleans Saints to, a, to an effect, right? Because Marcus Mays happened when he was with a different team entirely. And then Alvin Kamara's happened during the offseason when he was in Vegas for the Pro Bowl, not necessarily during like an in-season or while with a team kind of a thing. And then you look at Jake Hayner's situation and uh, you can chalk Jake Hayner's up to discipline or not, right? Like you can make that decision decision for yourself. And I think that there's still a judgment call, just like there's a judgment call for Chris Olave that you you have to get you have to make the right choice if you're Jake Hayner. You simply have to make the right choice. And 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 he didn't. And so he got suspended for six games. But is that a discipline thing? I don't know. Chris Olave's is that a discipline thing or is that just a bad choice? I think it's just a bad choice. And so, and I don't mean to downplay it because like I said, it's stupid, it's careless, and it's dangerous to do what he did. We all know that. We all get that. But does this feel like something that you do out of malice? Not really. Does this feel like something that is like, you know, uh, that he he attacks somebody or that he, you know, had, you know, a substance abuse issue or anything like that? No, like that, that wasn't what this case was. So when I look at like these larger conversations around trying to take these little microcosms of things that all happen separate from one another and try to group them together to lay blame on somebody that there's already enough blame to go around, right? Like there's already enough to criticize about Dennis Allen. You don't need to make anything up, right? Like there's more than enough out there in terms of like how this team has handled itself, how this team has performed so far, his overall coaching record, what the team has looked like over the course of the past two seasons, all these other things. Like there's enough to pick from, there, staff decisions, whatever, right? Like there's enough to choose from here. This isn't something that you have to try to, you know, do the mental gymnastics of, 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 of lacing to 
uh, to Dennis Allen as well. So I think that that's like the big takeaway for me here is that like, should you, should you group these things together, these three suspensions and this arrest and say, Oh, the Saints have a discipline issue. No, I, I don't, I don't think that you should. Um, and the, the reason that I look at that is because obviously these things just timeline wise all happen disconnected from one another. And, and you can probably just let that breathe, let that be what it is, and then wait and see what happens with Chris Olave. Like, I think that's the more important conversation out of this is what happens with Chris Olave moving forward, right? Like this is a guy that has been scrutinized quite a bit over the course of the past couple of weeks, um, that his own coach called out that, you know, he had a teammate come to his defense on Twitter, uh, but that got uh, on a conversation that I feel very much is way overblown, this idea of like effort issues on the field and things like that. I think that the conversation around the third and five pass was one of the most ridiculous conversations or out of control conversations that I've watched pan out um, on, you know, when it comes to covering this team. That was such a wild situation in terms of seeing like one play and trying to serve that up, this microcosm of a situation, try to serve that up as the reason why the New Orleans Saints offense is bad. No, the New Orleans Saints offense is bad because it's bad. Like it's that simple. It doesn't come down to did Chris Olave clear out fast enough? And should we all, shouldn't we also be discussing why Derek Carr just didn't throw to the open receiver as opposed to getting frustrated and throwing the ball out of bounds? or making the wrong decision to target Chris Olave down the field. So I just want to be I want to be cautious about how we go about these conversations because there's a lot of people that are having this conversation with the intent to be right, but there's not enough people having this conversation with the intent to be accurate. And those are two different things. There's the people that want to pat themselves on the back, and there's the people that want to deliver you the information that you need. So please allow me to deliver you the information that you need, which is that everything going on around Chris Olave right now, he needs nothing but support at this time. He needs it from his teammates. He needs it from his coach. He needs it from his quarterback. He could probably use it from the public, although if he's smart, he just drowns all of that out and everything. Because at this point, what you don't want to see is any of this stuff get any further, right? And dragging the guy, um, coming for the guy, doing everything that's been going on around him so far, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. There have been people that are referring to him as Brandon Cooks 2.0, which is a quick way to turn him into Brandon Cooks 2.0. So I hope that for Chris Olave's sake, he's out there on the field this weekend against the Indianapolis Colts and goes off and hushes everything that's been going on because it has been remarkably irresponsible the way that the conversations have been ha the way that the conversations have been had around his name. And I think it's just wild that so many people have just sat back and let it happen. It's weird. It's really, really weird. And so I would like to see all of that come to an end. And the only way that it's going to come to an end uh, decisively is if Chris Olave goes out there and performs and if the New Orleans Saints go out there and win. Because all, what we know about everything going on around this type of a situation, it's that winning cures everything. And you have to hope that there's no NFL discipline because winning's not going to have any impact on that. And for Chris Olave, hopefully it's a lesson learned what happened to him Monday night and that he doesn't make a bad choice like this or an even worse choice that could potentially harm himself or, more, or not more importantly, but just as importantly, anyone around him as well. You have to avoid those type, that type of decision-making. And I hope that that lesson is now learned. And I hope that a larger lesson is learned about the way that we have conversations around these athletes who are human beings and how it could potentially impact their life. Coming up tomorrow, as we wrap up, I am, I am livid right now. I'm so sorry. Um, as we 
move forward into tomorrow's episode. I appreciate you very much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day and a part of your routine and for making us your first listen of the day every day. Thank you very, very much for being here and for supporting the show. I'm forcing myself to smile. Uh, as we continue on tomorrow, it's Wednesday, so we're going to be diving into uh, looking at and getting ready for the Indianapolis Colts. New Orleans Saints traveling to take on the Indianapolis Colts. They put up 38 points in a hard-fought win against, or hard-fought loss against the Cleveland Browns. Should we be concerned about who the Indianapolis Colts are or was that just simply a mirage? Well, we've all seen mirage before this season. It's not so preposterous that one just happened again. We got that coming up for you in tomorrow's episode before, of course, we get the crossover Thursday. And of course, we're back to two-a-days on Wednesday as well uh, with a live show wrapping up and giving you everything you need to know from practice, injury updates, all of that. As I mentioned, I appreciate you so much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you have anything else, if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.